this is episode 518 for August 2018, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. And we're continuing to remember Spider-Man's co-creator, Steve Ditko, who passed away a few weeks ago. I thought it'd be uh, interesting to hear from two men that personally worked with them, and also two of my favorite writers, Roger Stern and Tom DeFalco, are on this episode. And that opening music actually was from the very first Spider-Man movie, the Sam Raimi movie. So just a haunting theme that I thought would be a nice intro to this episode. Before we get to the interview of DeFalco and Stern, I want to thank several people who support this podcast and our website each and every month through Patreon. So thank you to Christopher, Alex S., Nick, Alex L., Stuart, Stephen, John, Michael, Andrew, Laura... Brian, Craig, Federico, Ricky, Thomas, David, Franzetta Hulk, Swiftser, and Michael R. If you would like to support this site uh, via Patreon, you can log on to our front page over on the right-hand side is a Patreon button. It's got a little P with a spider symbol in the middle of it. Also, at the bottom of every news article on the front page is... Uh, a link to Patreon. Or if you'd like to make a one-time donation, log on, and over on the right-hand side is the PayPal pot. You can also do it that way. We've had several expenses over the last few months, and the Patreon people and the PayPal people have helped make the bills not so hurtful. And <laughs> they make the uh, the website and the podcast possible each and every month. All right, let's get on with our interview with Stern and DeFalco. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to a special episode where we're continuing to remember the life of Spider-Man's co-creator, Steve Ditko. I thought I'd make a nice tribute to him by having two people on that are not only two of my favorite writers, but also some someone that also worked with the man. So welcome to Roger Stern. Welcome, Roger. Hello. And Hello. Welcome to Mr. Tom DeFalco. Welcome, Tom. Hi, everybody. Now... Uh, before we start talking about Mr. Ditko, Roger, the last time we had you on, it's been a long time. It was back in 2008. Do you remember that? Oh, that's 10 years, 10 years, 10 souvenir years ago today. 10 years ago. I think it was like so. June in 2008, but it's good to have you back. I wow. really enjoyed that episode. Thank you. And Tom, the last time we had you on was in 2009 on that Sal Buscema tribute podcast where we got Stan Lee on the line. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. That that was that that to this day is one of my favorite podcasts we've ever done. That well, was that and, was a memorable one. Any tribute to Sal, you know, is certainly a worthwhile tribute because <laughs> yeah. he really is one of the greatest. No doubt. Now, That's for sure. Now, um, I want to have you both on talking about uh, Mr. Ditko passed away. For those uh, listening, he passed away on June twenty ninth. And according to his obituary, he was 90 years old and he had a heart attack, and he was found in his New York apartment. So I wanted to have you you two guys talk about your first exposure to uh, Ditko's art. Roger, why don't you go first? When was the first time you saw Ditko's art? Uh, it was an issue of, I think it was Space Adventures... Number thirty-three or something like that. Uh-huh. I know it was. It was. It was the. The. You know, it was like nineteen. I want to say nineteen fifty-nine. Wow. And it was the the very first Captain Atom story. Hmm. 
and that was one of three books, three comics I had as a kid that I read, read so often the covers fell off. <laughs> I think we've all had comics other, like that, yeah. Yeah, the, the other two, just in case anyone is keeping count, uh, was uh, uh, The Double Life of Private Strong Number One, uh-huh. by Simon and Kirby, and whatever issue of Brave and Bold the Justice League first appeared in. Oh, wow. Those are, the three, those are the three books I read so many times, the cover just fell off. <laughs> Tom, how about you? What was your first uh, Ditko art the first, experience? The first time I was aware of Steve was uh, Amazing Fantasy 15. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, like Roger, I read that thing so many times that the cover fell off, and I ended up stapling it back on um, <laughs> and had to restaple it back on a couple of times because I, I just, you know, kept reading that comic book and rereading that comic book. And, yeah. you know, did, did, I, do you still have amazing fantasy 15 or did, did the staples finally wear out? Oh, no, I still have that copy. Oh, wow. That's awesome. You know, I, you know, I, over the years I've gotten rid of a bunch of my, my early comics, but certain things I couldn't give up, and that's one of them. Right, Roger, uh, did you, did you also get the first Spider-Man appearance? No, no, I, I came in in late to the party. Yeah, uh, with Marvel, uh, a friend of mine in high school kept touting Marvel stuff. But I lived in Central Indiana, uh-huh. and distribution was really wonky. You know, you, you, mm. you might find an issue of something, and the next issue you wouldn't find. You know, you'd, yeah. you'd be looking for whatever comic it was, and you'd find, like, three issues later. And the first the first Marvel book I found on the newsstand was X-Men, like, was it was 17? What was the, was the all-red cover? Okay. Uh, where, where Magneto shows up at the end. Right. And so once I was finding them, and around that time, distribution got a little better. Mm-hmm. And I got, I think it was the... Uh, the first Spider-Man I bought was John Romita's second issue, which I think was... Mm, 30, 30... 40? Uh, 40, yeah. He did left in 38, yeah. something like that? Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, which is the second part of, of you know, Spider-Man and, and the Green Goblin, the whole revelation and everything. Yeah. And I'd never heard of these guys before, <laughs> but everything you needed to know was in that issue. And I looked all over creation for back issues, and around that time, I think it was Lancer Paperbacks, uh, put out like a Fantastic Four and a Spider-Man mass market uh, paperback. Okay. They, were, they were in black and white, and, and the, the the panels were all cut up and rearranged and everything. And the Spider-Man was great because it was like all Ditko, mm-hmm. and there was like a duel with the, you know, the origin was in there, and duel with Daredevil, mm-hmm. which had him fighting Ringmaster in the Circus of Crime. And I can't remember what the other one was now, but anyway, I recognized the art as being by the guy who'd done. Captain Adam. Wow. Oh, I know this guy. <laughs> and you know, yeah. And, and then the next thing I went to the, to the newsstand, and there was like Marvel Tales number four. Yeah. With a Spider Man story in it. And it goes, oh, this is great. It was a great time to be discovering these things because you still could. Yeah. It was still close enough. And, and yeah, I, I haunt it. Whenever I found a, a, a used bookstore that sold comics, I'd scour through them and find, try to find things. Right. Did, what did you? What did both of you think of Ditko's art on the first time you picked it up? I mean, what Roger? It sounded like you loved it if you wore the cover oh, off. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was great because it was like here was the origin of Captain Adam, 
Yeah. And the uh, like, he has top secret project, and he goes in and he meets the president, and it was Eisenhower. Mm. Ditko, Ditko drew Dwight Eisenhower, <laughs> and it looked like him. Yeah. You know, always before, here's the superhero meeting the president, and some figure half in shadow because they don't want to know who it is or something for right. some reason. Or they don't want to date it or something. I don't know. They don't yeah. want to date it. You know, yeah. it's like, like oh, you know, but there was, and whenever Captain M like, would fly over Washington, D.C., it was an accurate Washington, D.C. <laughs> the buildings were all in the order that they were supposed to. Yeah. I don't know how much trouble Dicko went through to, to find <laughs> reference to, to it. It was like, well, there's yeah. the Capitol over here. Yeah, there's, there's where Lincoln Memorial is, and everything is where it's supposed to be. Right. Tom, how about you? Did, uh, you probably fell in love with Ditko and Spider-Man all in one book, right? I, yeah, I had, I had already fallen in love with Stan. Yeah. Because um, my first two Marvel comics were Fantastic Four, three and four. Nice. And, oh, boy. You know, I, I bought them bought them both together. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because I, you know, I, I noticed the Human Torch on the, on on both covers because uh, you know up until then I saw the title Fantastic Four I just assumed it meant there were four stories in the book <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> but but the Human Torch recognized them that oh I, I guess it's a team and picked up the, the the two issues together read them back to back and um, and from that moment on I was a hardcore Marvel fan right. And, um, and, you know, Amazing Fantasy was such a powerful story mm-hmm. um, that, you know, I, I, I was just hooked. I, you know, I love this. I, I love the Spider-Man character. I, you know, I, I, you know, to me, Ditko was the only guy who could draw Spider-Man up until mm-hmm. I discovered other guys could. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, I, I, I was a young, stupid kid. What the hell did I know? Um, as opposed to being the stupid adult that still doesn't know anything. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, and I remember, you know, I don't know how much time elapsed between Amazing Fantasy 15 and Spider-Man number one. Uh-huh. But when I showed up at the, at the newsstand... And discovered that there was a Spider-Man number one. Mm-hmm. I was in heaven because, yeah. you know, I was yeah. kind of convinced that 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 one Spider-Man story would be the only Spider-Man story. I mm-hmm. never thought I'd see him again. And they had the Fantastic Four on the cover for you. I mean, and they had the Fantastic <laughs> Four. I mean, you were on you the, were sold on the cover and and on the inside. It was exactly. great. Yeah. <laughs> what you know, Ditko's art on a newsstand is so much different than Jack Kirby's art on a newsstand. Talk about what Ditko's art just—it's just—it's it, quirkier. I, I don't know the right words to use about Ditko's art. It, it's definitely unique as opposed to Kirby's, yeah. which is very. Yeah, both of them are dynamic but in completely different ways. Yeah, you know, like that goes. Turner's just moved with this amazing sort of strange grace. Even with, with, with Spider-Man as contorted as he would be, mm-hmm. when I look at Spider-Man, Spider-Man, he'd be upside down and backwards. Yeah, but it would still work. It would look, work. look at yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know what I always used to think the difference was that you know Kirby stuff would would be like a you know 
a punch in the face and mm-hmm. get-go stuff would be, you know, the hand kind of grabbing you and yanking you into the comic book. <laughs> yeah. That's very yeah. good. So, That's very good. So everybody's punching out and it was pulling in. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a one-two punch, if you will, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and I used to love when we would go in Kirby. Like, I used to say, wow, that, that, that stuff was so cool. I, yeah, I, I think Ditko inked uh, Kirby on AS, uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, I think. Um, well, on the cover. On the cover, on, yes. On the cover, yeah. But, and and well, there was an issue of the Fantastic Four that Ditko inked as well. Yeah. And I think there might have been one or two of the monster stories that Ditko inked Kirby. And I'm yeah, a, it was kind of funky. I kind of liked it. I'm a I'm yeah. a Kirby fan, but I am not a Kirby Spider-Man fan. I I don't think he. Mm-hmm. I think only Ditko could originally make that character successful the way he did. Mm-hmm. But Jack, as as great as he was, yeah. never quite figured out that costume. I know it's he, really he, a Ditko costume. Yeah, you know, it's like wow. Kirby would often forget the spider on the chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, I think it's over the cover what's. Uh, Strange Straight. Adventures Annual Number Two with, with, with Spider-Man and the Torch. Yes, and he's in this big. There's, there's no spider on his chest. <laughs> that must have been really late. <laughs> I can imagine Stan going, "Oh, it has to go to the printer now." You know, and away it goes. Yeah, and, and then look at the printed copy, going, "Wait a minute, where, where's the spider? Where's the spider? <laughs> yes, and, where's the spider?" And you know, Roger, you were talking about how you connected artists to previous work when you were a kid, and I, I had a similar mm-hmm. experience with one of your books. Uh, amazing, really? amazing two thirty eight, and that cover with the the hobgoblin uh, ripping apart the oh, suit, right. and I'm like, who drew that? And I I'm like John Romita Jr. Wow! Uh-huh. And then I then I followed his stuff, and I'm still in love with Romita Jr. stuff and his dad too. Oh yeah, that was my first connecting the artists. So mm-hmm. that's that. Well, with my first exposure to Kirby, yeah. was when he was drawing Green Arrow for DC. Okay. Yeah. But for some reason, again, living in the Midwest, really bad distribution in the 50s, I never saw Kirby's Challengers of the Unknown. Mm. I saw Green Arrow, and for some strange reason, our local paper picked up Sky Masters of the Space Force. Ah. You know, and, and you know, I saw it because, I mean, DC Comics didn't have credits in those days. I didn't. I just, oh, wow. I just knew that Green Arrow was a lot better this, this month. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is really great. <laughs> and then I saw Sky Masters, and it was signed... Kirby Wood. I'm going, hmm. oh, Kirby Wood is the guy Green Arrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's funny. That was the only credit on there, Kirby Wood. Oh, I really like this Kirby Wood guy. He's great. <laughs> Couldn't even put the guy's first names in there, man. Yeah. So, so Tom, what do you think made Spider-Man so different from all those other heroes on the newsstand that you were looking at? Well, uh, his his personality. Yeah. Basically, his personality, because mm-hmm. you know, Peter Parker was kind of like the you know the the guy next door, kind of you know uh, you know in in certain regards, I identified very hev- heavily with him, mm-hmm. um, and and seemed like you know certain guys that I knew, um, and you know. Aside from, you know, I, I think at the time, you know, there, there was just the, the, the Fantastic Four, and Marvel was just coming out with, with their characters. Yeah. Um, and each one had a very distinct personality, a very distinct way of, of dealing with, with their problems and everything else. 
before that, um, you know, I, I, I hate to speak ill of DC, but you know, the, the Flash didn't really have a personality, and, and you know, Green Lantern was the same kind of guy. They, you know, mm-hmm. these were guys that you know they got their powers, they put on their costumes, they patrolled the city, right? Um, but but they didn't have any angst in their life. N- nothing, yeah. you know, nothing really went wrong for them. You know, they, they, their girlfriend would almost discover their secret identity. This is you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, look out! Yeah, but. <laughs> But with, you know, Peter Parker, you know, his uncle died. He needed money for the rent. Uh, you know, his, his aunt was sick. Uh, you know. yeah, yeah, the Peter Parker stuff is just as good as the, the villain stuff and the oh, costume yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Peter Parker was just as important yep. as, as Spider-Man. With, with, with some of the other, again, not to put down DC because I grew up with that stuff and loved it. But you know, these guys were basically, you know... I put in a suit. I'm this guy. Yeah, you know. But Peter was was in Spider Man. It, it was the heart of it. You know, it was like Spider Man was his release. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as as crummy as his life was, he could put on that mask and, and run up there and make fun of the guys he was fighting. Yeah, you know, and, and just drive them crazy. Yeah. And there's a different voice to Peter Parker than there is Spider-Man. When he puts that mask on, he's yeah. he's a little bit more extroverted, a little bit more confident, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, he's a really yeah. he's sort of a, a nice version of those guys who troll on, on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know who they are either. <laughs> True. That that's Spider-Man's next villain, the troll. <laughs> the troll. There we go. Um, really bad haircut. Along with uh, creating that amazing costume, uh, literally amazing. Um, he, his villains were like no other. I think Spider-Man has one of the best rogues gallery. Do you have a favorite villain that Ditko co-created or designed visually? Absolutely. What's yours? Absolutely. The Vulture. The Vulture, yeah. The, the Vulture, is, I mean, the other, other villains are great. You know, people love the Green Goblin. People love Dr. Octopus. Like The Vulture. The Vulture is the antithesis of Spider-Man. You know, Sp- Spider-Man is youth and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. The vulture is old age and treachery. <laughs> and the yeah. older I get, the more I identify with the vulture. <laughs> or, or, or Michael Keaton. Well, you could say Michael Keaton. <laughs> I, actually, I, I really liked my, I mean, it was a different take. Uh, yeah. but, but, but Keaton was frightening as the vulture. Oh. Was like, uh, I mean, when, when, when Spider-Man shows up at the front door for his, his oh, date, yeah. he looks at it and he's like, oh boy. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Tom, how about your favorite Ditko design villain? I, I, you know, I go with Doctor Octopus, yeah. who I, I think is the man Peter could have grown up to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, That's very know, true. The difference, the difference between Peter and and and, and Doctor Octopus was that Peter got his accident much earlier in life. Yeah, and learned. You know that he had to act more responsibly right away. Doc Doc the Puss had his accident much later in life and never learned that he had to act responsibly. Right. Mm-hmm. What? So I, I yeah I look at those guys as you know you know the flip side of a coin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
the uh, w- one of my members on our website he has the the handle Ditko loves green. And he's often talked about how Ditko's villains were mainly all green. We had Green Goblin, Scorpion, Mysterio, the Lizard, Vulture, and Doc Ock all had green in their costumes. <laughs> Did you guys notice that, or that just was that the color available that that Ditko loved to go to? I well, I don't know if, if that was if, if that was Ditko's decision or not, because I know Stan Goldberg was uh, the colorist in a lot of the early stuff, uh-huh. and you know. The, it was a very limited color palette in those days, right? And you know, if if, if the if the heroes were in red and black or red and blue, whatever, you know, you put the villain in green, right? So they can tell yeah. apart green or orange, that sort of stuff. The, the heroes had yeah. primary colors; the the villains had secondary colors. Ah. exactly. That's that's why the Hulk eventually went green instead of gray, I guess, because gray just didn't look very good. Um, Gray was also hard to pull off. Sometimes, exactly. Yeah, sometimes the separators didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of uh, Ditko's run on Spider-Man, he uh, it's been said that he was more involved in the stories, and Stan would fill in the dialogue. As as both writers, did you guys learn anything from Ditko's stories? Any oh, sto- storytelling techniques? Great at, great at pacing things. Uh huh. You know, I, 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 when, when I was before I got broke into the business, uh, Bob Layton and I were working on uh, fanzines, and uh, we did this Carlton Bullseye thing. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a, a Captain Adam story left over from the old run of Captain Adam that Dicko had penciled, never been scripted or, or inked. And I just, you know, I, I wound up scripting it for some stupid reason. I, I, I still don't. Know how that happened, but you know it was like we got a deadline. You're going to do it, okay? Right. And I looked at the pages, and you could tell exactly what was going on just from the penciled pages. We didn't have a copy of the plot, mm-hmm. you know. But but you know, I knew the characters. I knew where it happened up to that point. I looked at it and going, oh, this is amazing. Look at this. <laughs> it was just it. It was you know. I, hopefully, if I would do a better job if I if I scripted it now, I look back and going, eh, it's not too bad. But <laughs> yeah. you, you look at it and going, that's, it was everything was there. Yeah. In, in in the pencils. Tom, how about you? As a writer, what did you learn? Well, uh, just what, what Roger just said. So I'm going to copy Roger. Um, <laughs> when you look, when you really look at it, it goes. Um, uh, stories. He basically drew a silent movie. Mm. Yeah, and, and you could you you could follow you could follow the movie w- without it. You know, uh, looking at at the words at all. Mm-hmm. And and there have been times where I picked up you know the Marvel masterworks because those things are very handy, and just flipped through them and and just looked at the pictures yeah. and followed the story. Um, yeah, and. and you know, also like Roger said, the the pacing, um, the scene breakdown was just terrific. Um, I, I think in those days, you know, a, a scene would last maybe you know one or two pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to criticize, but these days sometimes a scene lasts you know the, the entire the entire twenty twenty pages is one scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me your four bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. you know, more, more things would happen in, in one issue of one of, uh, of Stan and Steve's Spider-Mans 
that been happening in like mini series now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very and, true. You know. So I, I know that when I when I started writing Spider-Man, I, I would look at those things and try to figure out, you know, how can I get that much information in each issue? Yeah. You know, yeah. You know well, Steve wasn't afraid to do nine, nine panel pages. And, yeah, and well, they really worked. Yeah. Well, I was afraid of Ron Friends. I couldn't ask for nine panel pages. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do to- where you lived. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. He had your address. <laughs> he yeah. he'd me down. No, no, <laughs> Ron would have done anything, you know, for this for the story. And that, yeah. you know, still is that kind of guy. You, um, yeah. Uh, whoever would like to go first, your favorite Ditko comic book. What What was your favorite? Ooh, boy. Just one that comes That's to hard. Mind. It, it, yeah. it has to be just one. It, yeah, or, it or, be, or a, uh, a storyline or, or uh, something. Like the master well, plan, you could say the, you could say yeah, the master the, planner. The master planner story. Yeah. yeah, the master planner story. Those three issues, boy, it, everyone since then has been trying to, yeah, to do that. Yeah. You know, and we've all failed. <laughs> <laughs> how about Tom? How about you? What's your favorite Ditko? You know, I'd, I'd have to go master planner too because yeah. that that you know. If that has always been, you know, the to me the high point of of you know superhero comics and yeah. and, and Spider Man and you know, although uh, a story that I I find myself going back to to read and reread, um, you know, again and again over the years is is uh, you know Spider Man versus Daredevil that that mm. yeah Dual yeah, Daredevil that was. That was yeah, a great Daredevil. Yeah, that, that, you know, there are, there are certain s- stories that you, you you find yourself going back to reread. Yeah, just mm-hmm. because somehow or other, for some reason, it hit you mm-hmm. as a kid. That one, and uh, you know, and, and the Daredevil story where he fights Submariner. No, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What your story? The two that I go back to that I loved as a kid, I read them in Marvel Tales for the first time in the eighties. Uh, amazing 14 with the first appearance of the Green Goblin and the Hulk in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, That's a good one. The Hulk is my second favorite character. So to have both of them, and, and when I was a kid in the 80s, I had no idea that Marvel Tales was reprints. So I was like, this ah. this artist is very different, but I like it. So, mm-hmm. And the other one I go back to a lot is uh, the first annual with the Sinister Six, with those giant pinup pages. He he! Oh, yeah. I love those. Oh yeah, pages. love those. And he he didn't use. He tried to put a lot in the pages, but when Ditko gave mm-hmm. you a full page of a punch or something in that, I loved it. But it was really a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Oh and, yeah. And getting getting back to my love of the vulture. Yeah. I think it was amazing. Number seven when the vulture returns. Mm-hmm. I I first saw that in in, uh, in Marvel Tales. It yeah. was like. Here's the vulture taking on a Spider-Man who has a, a bad arm because he oh, got yeah. uh, sprained earlier on in the story, and they're fighting throughout the entire Daily Bugle building. Here's the presses. Here's all this stuff up and down the stairwells. Yep, it was great. An injured Spidey is a is a determined Spidey. So yes. <laughs> he he may oh, have a desperate one. Yeah, desperate. Don't put him in a corner if he's got a, a bum wing. You know. Yes. 
Uh, talk. Let's talk about, about your first meeting of Steve. Uh, who, who would like to go on that one? Well, the first time I met Steve Ditko, uh, I think I think Marv Wolfman had brought him up. This was, you know, he hadn't been there in years, and of course it was a different location from where it had been when he last worked there. Is this the seventies or the eighties, or this is this is the seven, I want to say around. 78, 79, I was an editor at Marvel, and the the weird thing was, in my desk, I had a copy of Mysterious Suspense Number 1, the Mm -hmm. book-length question story that that Drew had done for uh, Charlton, and I brought it in the week before because Ralph Macchio, huge Ditko fan, but really didn't know anything about the Charlton stuff, you know, which is because Charlton had the worst distribution in the world. Right. Which is easy to understand. So I brought that, that in to show him because he'd never seen it. And he was still so like, wow, oh, it was just like a revelation turning every page. You know? <laughs> and, and so I still had it in my desk. And, you know, Marv said, I got a little bit of convinced him to come up. And I said, wow. yeah, sure you have. Fine. Pull the other one. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I'm, I'm sitting at my desk and I hear Marv out there and, and he's saying, and over here we have this stuff and I'm going, Really? He's he's really here. <laughs> and and I, I just reached into my to my desk and pulled out the copy of uh, Mysterious Suspense Number One mm-hmm. and, and started around the corner. And, and Marv is this is very nice, mild mannered guy, but he could have been related to Conrad Bain. Ah. You know? And uh, he, uh, he says like everyone here loves your stuff. And, and and Steve's going well, you know. That's that's very nice, but really, you know. And, and I, I come out of my office with a copy of, of Mystery Suspense, <laughs> and Mark points me and says, "See, see, here he is now." <laughs> <laughs> and they're going, "Well, I guess you do know the obscure stuff." You know, so. Did, when when you came at him with the the book in hand, was he like yes. surprised or happy or kind of sad? I I don't know. He, he was. He seemed sort of pleased. Oh, and nice. I, I think the, the second time I ran in, into Ditko, and this was like months later, okay. because I'd gone, I'd gone freelance, but I was, I'd still come into the office to work because there was a little office space with a typewriter. Where you, you back in the days of typewriters before the, the bird processors kids, uh, and I, I'd go in there and I'd work every day in the office to just to build the discipline of uh, of writing, and I, I'm I'm working away on something. And you know how you get an open doorway, and you're sort of aware someone is standing in it. Yeah. And, and I was, so I was, I was typing away, and this sort of shadow falls over, and this voice says, "Hi, Roger. What are you up to?" Whoa! And I looked up, and it's, and it's Steve Ditko. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, and like twelve thousand things went through my head in a split second. Like the first thing's like, "It's Steve Ditko," and the second like, "Steve Ditko knows my name." Yeah. And I'm going, something is wrong here, and, and, and I'm going. Oh, hi, Steve. What's up? And he says, I was just across the hall delivering uh, something to, to for Al Milgram. And he says, what are you doing these days? And I wow. said, without thinking, I says, I'm doing all your old stuff. <laughs> I was working uh, Spider-Man and, and Doctor Strange at the time. Yeah. And, and he sort of chuckled at that. Oh, and, that's uh, and he says, oh, and Ghost Rider. And he says, well, that makes it okay. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so he remembered you off of that first time you you came up at, to him with the holding the... Yeah. Oh, that's and I'm going, so good. Like, Really? What? It's been wow. months. I'm going, no, this guy's got a great memory. And he says, you remember me? 
Yeah. Was he was he introverted? Was he I I wouldn't think he'd be extroverted from everything I've read. But he seems friendly. Just, just, oh yeah, just 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 a very a very mild mannered gent. Yeah. You know, yeah, just like, I, you know, it's like Yeah. I never thought of him as introverted. Um no. you know, he had opinions. Oh yeah, and you know, I I I hear you know people refer to him as a, a recluse and mm-hmm. And I, I never saw that side of him. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so, so Tom, tell me about he, your... He, fr- he, he was not flamboyant. Right. No, he was, he was not he flamboyant, was, but, but he was very yeah. friendly. Yeah. Yes, very friendly. Yeah. That, that's well, so nice to hear. Tom, tell me about your first time you met him. Well, I, I can tell you the first time I spoke to him. Okay. Um, which was... Uh, um, Denny O'Neill had become the editor of Machine Man. And I, I worked, you know, with Denny um, at DC. Are we talking late seventies uh, again, or eighties, or? Uh, I'm going to say the seventies. Okay. You yeah. know, um, yeah, I'm, I, I really am horrible with dates. <laughs> well, um, I, I I tried to narrow it down to a decade. <laughs> yeah, but you you, you you would be the late seventies when, okay. when I worked on Machine Man. Gotcha. If I could find the copy, I could check the copy. It's, it's all good. It's all good. I just want to um, put it in perspective. And um, Marvin, uh, Marvin, Steve had had been working on the book, mm-hmm. and Marv was leaving the title, uh, and so they turned it over to Denny to edit. So Denny asked me if I'd be interested in writing it, and. And, you know, wow, a chance to write a regular Marvel comic book. I thought, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I said to him, uh, who, do you know who the artist is? And he says, well, uh, Steve Ditko has been drawing it, but <laughs> he wants to, you know, look at the first plot before he decides whether or not he's going to continue on. Oh, my gosh, that's some pressure. And I yeah, thought, no pressure. No, there, there, with no pressure at all, because I thought, well, that is fair. I mean, he, yeah. he's, yeah. he's Steve Ditko. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. I thought, I thought, that's fair, so I'm going to have a different artist. Um, <laughs> and and I, I, I just assumed that that's what, what it was going to be. So yeah. I did my first plot without any pressure whatsoever, because I thought, you know, there's no way I'm going to write a plot good enough for Steve Ditko. Um <laughs> And so I, I, I did my first plot, you know, turned it in, and in those days I used to include my phone number on, on all my plots, mm-hmm. um, figuring that you know the artist might you know give me a call or something. And you know over the years a number of them, a number of them did. Yeah. And um, one afternoon I'm I'm you know I'm I'm home working on whatever the hell, and uh, the phone rings. And um, I pick it up, and the, the voice says, um, "What gives you the right to write about heroes?" <laughs> and, and, and I said, "Excuse me." And it says, "What gives you the right to write about heroes?" Wow. And and I said, I- "I'm sorry. Who is this?" <laughs> says, well, "This is this is Steve Ditko." Oh. And I and, and you know right. Right then, panic ensues. I'm oh, thinking, no Steve Ditko. <laughs> um, and, and he that, says, yeah, uh, you know, how do you define a hero? And, and, and then he and I started talking. Um, and about, you know, an hour, an hour and a half later, 
Man. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we our, our discussion, you know, covered heroes, covered a whole bunch of other things. Um, everything except Machine Man. <laughs> <laughs> How, do you do you even remember what your answer was to his question? I mean, no, not, I have no idea. I, you, I, you've rambled I don't off remember something. the question because it just you know caught me completely by surprise. I'm ama- that's yeah. that's like a pop quiz and, and, on your phone. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you know, um, I know the discussion. You know, ended up getting heated. Whatever we were, we were discussing, because like like I said, we. We touched a whole bunch of different subjects. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and then he, at a certain point he said to me, well, I, I, I have to go now, but this has been fun. We ha- we should do this again. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. and, and I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let me go. He did go again. Yeah, and yeah. He, he hung up. And, um, you know, uh, the next day I, I, I heard from from uh, Denny and and I said yeah yeah you know I I, I spoke to Steve Ditko yesterday. <laughs> he said, "Oh, is he going to draw the book?" And I said, uh, "Yeah, I I forgot to ask him." <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not um, up on as much on Machine Man as I am Spider Man, but did he? You guys end up working together? Well, yes, yes, he ended up doing it. We 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 we, we worked together very nicely for the next bunch of issues. Nice, you know, I, uh, um, you know, I, that was one of those things where, for some reason, you know, Denny and I had a discussion. We we're trying to figure out this. This book was dying, mm-hmm. um, and we knew we only had a couple of issues to to, to do something. And, and for some reason, we decided that we were going to, you know, script it. Um, like a, a thesaurus, uh, you know, on, on coke. Um, <laughs> it, 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 That's a good description. Um, <laughs> you know, my basic writing style is is very, let me say, hardball detective kind of thing. Yeah. Um, without any adjectives or anything else like that. Man, I was I was trying to do Super Stanley, and uh, <laughs> boy, that scripting. I look at it now, and I think, what a what a disaster! <laughs> but, but the art was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like to see your your name next to Steve Ditko's in the in the comic? Um. Well, very surreal. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, in in those days, once once you started on a title. Um, you know, you you were running full speed yeah. all the time, so you didn't even get a chance to to sit back and go, "Hey, I'm working with Steve Ditko." <laughs> well, what, yeah. What was your first? You talked to him on the phone. What was your first in person with him, Tom? You, you know, I I don't recall the, the first time I, I physically met him. Yeah. Um, it was uh, sometime later. Um, at a certain point, you know, Jim Shooter conned me into coming on staff as an editor. Uh, uh-huh. Supposed to be. For, for for just six months, um, but I you know and um, and one of the con jobs I did as an editor is I I, I brought in a you know a big jar and filled it up with candy because um, I know freelance. Yeah, they're always hungry, <laughs> <Yeah>. huh? <laughs> and, and if you have candy there, they're they're going to come in and 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 then you get to 
you know, put the arm on him and con him into doing working for it, which is how I got Roger. <laughs> That's one of the ways that he got me to do Ghost Rider. <laughs> it's like, yes, I can come and have a sour bowl. Oh, thanks. What, what made you yeah. do Ghost Rider? A, a bag of M&M's. Yeah. That's what made me do Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah. Roger's problem is he was so... So damn good on working on Spider Man that I said, let me get let me get him to do two or three titles. <laughs> this way, I don't have to do any work. <laughs> That's um, but uh, at some point, Steve started to show up in the office, yeah. and um, you know, later on, I, I you know got a coffee machine and would, would have coffee and donuts in my office, and Steve often stopped by and. You know, he'd That's pour himself awesome. a cup of coffee, and we'd have one of those chats. Yeah, yeah, uh, where we'd discuss everything except comic books. <laughs> were Were either of you brave enough to talk about Spider Man with him? Um, I I, I, I I hear he doesn't didn't like to talk about Spider Man. I don't know if that's true or not. I you know I I, I don't remember you know. <laughs> Discussing too much, you know, about comic books with him. Okay. Um, you know, we were, you know, we were discussing all sorts of other different things. Yeah. Um, Roger, did you did you bring it up or at all? Other than, than mentioning the fact that I, w- I was doing all of his old stuff. Yeah. Uh, that, that was, you know, which he got a good laugh out of. We'd like, yeah. I made Steve Dicko laugh. That's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've justified my existence on Earth for at least another day. <laughs> I, I I do know at one point, you know, he he did tell me that he wasn't, and I don't remember if, if this was when I was an editor or editor-in-chief or what, that he did tell me that he was not interested in, in doing, you know, Spider-Man or Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, and I said, yeah, I think I had heard that. And um, and I said, and I remember telling him, Steve, just because you told me doesn't mean that everybody in Marvel is going to know this. <laughs> yeah. So, so you might have to tell other people the same thing. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I know that. For, um, from what I, I've read, he didn't like to look back. He was always about the next project, and I think... Uh, going back to Doctor Strange and Spider-Man was looking backwards in his mind, possibly. Yes, he'd done that already. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and, and, and if if I had if I had done the Spider-Man stories and the Doctor Strange stories that he'd he'd done, yeah. So I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if if I was writing music and I wrote yesterday, okay, I can retire now. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, I I totally understand what he, you know, what he means. Uh, you know, uh, I I know that if, you know if somebody called me up and said, "Hey, would you like to do a Spider-Man story?" Mm-hmm. I say, uh, eh, you know, not particularly. I've done a bunch of Spider-Man stories. <laughs> Thanks anyway. Yeah. You know, if somebody you know called me up and said, you know, uh, you know, would you like to do? Um, I don't know. A Captain America story. Well, for me, I've only done a handful of Captain America, so yeah. I'd say, yeah, Captain, right. you know, or, or, or a uh, a Casper the Friendly Ghost story. Right. That I would jump at. <laughs> but Spider Man, eh, you know, I, I've, I've done my Spider Man. I'm, you know, I. I'm never going to be as good as Stern, so I'm done. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. There, there's... Every, every, every decade or so, someone 
some new editor at Marvel calls me up and said, would you like to do a Spider-Man story? <laughs> and I said, well, let me think, see if I can think of one. You know, figuring, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then the next day I think of one. And then I do the story, and they say, that, that was very nice. And then 10 years later, someone else calls me. <laughs> I, I wish they were more frequent, because you two are two of my favorites. <laughs> I'm, not every decade, but well, who am I to talk, because I haven't had you guys on in a decade on my podcast. So. Well, there you go. I'm, 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 you don't call us up anymore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's two, there's two things uh, that I saw on the on the internet. You know that take it with a grain of salt. So I want to see if you guys have heard these stories too. Uh, we were talking, Roger. You were talking about Ralph Macchio, right? Uh, yes. And there was a comicbookresources.com article, I think, that said uh, he almost convinced Steve to do one more Spider-Man story, where uh, he he got uh, Steve to the office. And mm-hmm. he he said, "What about uh, doing one more story?" And uh, Ditko allegedly said he always wondered what happened to Peter after he graduated high school. Do you remember that story or any pitches of that story? Or did Ralph talk about I that? I don't one remember or? anything. About okay, but Ralph never mentioned it to me. I don't okay. know. I, I've I've heard crazy rumors and things. Yeah, you know, and, and of course it would be great. You know. What did Peter do that summer between high school and college? Yeah. That'd be a great story. It'd be great to see Ditko write and draw that one. Um, yeah. Another one is when the 2099 books were launching. Stan Lee, they were trying to get Steve Ditko to do a Stan Lee story, and it eventually went to Paul Ryan and the character Ravage. Have, right. Uh, tell me about that one, uh, Tom. Did that one, that one come close to happening? Do you know? Um, uh, well, it did happen that we asked him if he'd be interested. Yeah. Um, we, uh, uh, we, uh, we, we set up a meeting with, uh, Stan and Steve and, um, I remember that, uh, you know, Steve came in and, and Stan, who, uh, if you've ever met Stan, yeah. really one of the most personal guys in, in, in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, jumped up, ran to Steve, threw his arms around him, and I, I could see that Steve was very touched. Oh. And, uh, you know, the, the two guys sat there, and, you know, it was definitely old home week between them. That's nice. And um, they, they had a great conversation. It, it was... You know, you know I, I remember sitting there thinking, I can't believe it. I got Stan Lee and Steve did go together. <laughs> uh, and, um, and and Stan gave, gave Steve the pitch for for Ravage. Mm-hmm. And Steve thought about it for a few minutes. And says, I, I don't know if this is really the kind of character that, you know, yeah. that I'd feel comfortable doing, you know, uh, over a period of time. And, um, and you know, they... they they went back and forth a little bit, and and you know Steve thanked Stan for thinking of him. They shook hands, um, and then you know kind of went their separate ways. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> that get, I, I, I can tell you one su- surreal thing that happened after that. Yeah, what was that? As as Steve walked away and that sort of thing, and then um, you know I you know, went somewhere with Stan and at one point Stan turned to me and said, Yeah, Tom, something that's always bothered me. Can you tell me why Steve left Spider Man? 
like you had the answer. <laughs> and I said to him, you know, Stan, I think I was in high school when that happened. So <laughs> no, I'm very big on the details. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I, that, that, I, it would have been nice to see it happen one more time. I don't know if Ravage was the character, but I don't know. It just would have been nice to see them work together, and we won't see that. Um, Let's talk a bit about uh, Speedball. Um, Amazing Spider-Man Annual 22. Tom, you wrote that first part, right? That first story? The the first Speedball story, yeah. Yeah, and and the annual was Spider-Man. And then there was a second story in that annual where, Roger, you scripted it with Ditko. Right. T- tell me how. Tell, so you, you tell me how the the speedball concept came about and and stuff like that. Well, I think, I, uh, so that was that was mainly Tom and and Ditko working, right? Yeah, yeah. If I came in late on the thing. Okay. Yeah, I I had come up with this idea for a character, which I, you know, it, it was it was the speedball character. Mm-hmm. But the name I originally came up with was Ricochet, hmm. but I, I I didn't like the way Ricochet looked <laughs> um, I, I, as a logo, and I kept trying to think of a different name, a different name. But I, I wrote this Bible, um, you know, I, I wrote up the Bible, the personality, the the origin, everything else like that, and um, then, you know, at a certain point. Um, it, it, when I became editor in chief, um, I finally came up with the name Speedball, and um, I, I, Steve was looking for for something to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I gave him the Bible and I said, "Listen, if, if you're interested, you know, here's something you could do." Right. And uh, you know, he read it over. He he liked it. You know, and I, I said, uh, "You know, I can I can do the first plot." But I really, you know, I, I just don't have time to, you know, do it month after month. And he said, well, I can, I can do it month after month. Hmm. He says, I can, I can do the plotting. I said, okay, but, um, you know, we're going to get somebody else to script it. Because I, you know, I, I just had <laughs> too much to do with it right. in those days. Right. I, you know, I had like, you know, the, the, those three hours of sleep I was getting, I really wanted to hold on to them. <laughs> Um, yeah, I hear that. And, <laughs> and uh, so I, I did a, you know, I, I did the first plot, handed yeah. up the Bible, and I think I think I called you, Roger, right away on that thing. Well, I was, uh, I think you handed it to, to Howard Mackey because Howard called me, and Howard Howard called me, and, and, and I was I was doing a couple books for DC by that point, I'd gone freelance. And Howard calls me and says, well, I got this book, I want you to... And I said, look, I'm, I'm kind of busy. I don't know if I can fit this in. And he says, it's a new team uh, superhero uh, that, that, that Tom and, and Steve Ditko came up with. And Ditko's <laughs> going to be uh, drawing it and, and, and plotting it, and we need someone to script it. <laughs> and I said, Ditko. And I said, yeah, this is... I'll do it. Yeah. It's just, for, for, for you, Howard, I will make the sacrifice and, and work every month with Steve Ditko. And, uh, that was the, <laughs> That's funny. And, uh, but so, and, and then, they, like, they, 
they sent me the pencils to the first issue, and I had like the Bible and, and, and some other stuff. And so I skipped that first issue, and then a couple months went by, because I'm going, are we really going to do this? And it was decided between me scripting it and they, they were going to do a launch with the Spider-Man annual, mm-hmm. where, where Speedball would be in, the, in the, that story, and there'd be a short Speedball story that Ditko uh, would, would plot and, and draw, and I'd script. And there was another short uh, story that we did, I think, in like Marvel Age or something. Yeah. And, and so and so they all sort of came out together. Mm-hmm. And then and then you know pages started showing up, you know, and I would I'd get them, and it, it was it was really really interesting to to work on these things because I'd get a copy of the pencils, and Steve would send along like uh, an eight and a half by eleven sheet of typing paper where he'd drawn the panels in with, like, rough dialogue uh, mm. to explain what was going on. Yeah. And it was one of these things where if we'd kept all the dialogue, you wouldn't have had to ink it, because it would have filled every panel <laughs> top to bottom, side to side. <laughs> and so it was, it was sort of like translating this and refining it down yeah. and adding a little spin to it and figuring out where to put the dialogue in the thing so, so you'd yeah. still see the art. Yeah. That, and in those days, the uh, the art would come what via the UPS or what? Or how did the art come to you, Roger? Yeah, usually like FedEx. I get a package, uh-huh. you know, and here's a big photocopy of the thing. Wow! Because we'd we'd stopped sending out originals by that point. When I first got into the business, the writer would get we get the original artboards in pencil, and wow. you'd, you'd script it from that. But too many issues were lost in the mail. Yeah, and and finally someone had the bright idea. It's like let's not risk that anymore. <laughs> and so they would make full size yeah. photocopies and send those out. It's much safer. What uh, one thing as a fan, I always wondered because when I, that that the big draw of that issue, the annual twenty two, was Ditko was in a Spider Man book. Did did Steve object to that, Tom, at all, or or? Did he know it was going to be in a Spider-Man book, or would that upset him? Or you know, I I, I seem to remember that I was very straight with Steve, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, I, I I learned something very early in, on in the in the business. Mm-hmm. Don't keep secrets. Don't lie to freelancers. Because yes. you're gonna you're gonna go out and publish a couple hundred thousand copies yeah. <laughs> of yeah. whatever you're doing. You're bound to see yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so just be just be very straight because I I, yeah. I know editors would would you know the, you know swear up and down. Oh, we're not going to put in a film. We're not going to put in a film. And then the next issue came out, there'd be a film in there. Yeah. And, yeah. and they'd, ex- they'd, they'd expect that you, you, you had no idea that there would be a, you know, you, you know, you would just not read that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, you know, so, so I, le- I learned that, you know, you, you got to just be straight with guys because mm-hmm. if they don't like what you're saying, it, they'll, they'll get pissed at you then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, so, you know, most of the time they'll get over it, but if if you lie to them, they'll never get over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, so I, you know, I probably you know went to him and said, "Listen, Steve, we're we're going to do a con job. 
um, <laughs> and and do do what we can to help sell this this new title because it's always hard to to launch a new title and we're, yeah. we're, we're gonna you know give it the best platform we can and, and because of your name and stuff we're gonna we're gonna exploit Spider Man even though, though you don't have to draw Spider Man mm-hmm. and I, I don't remember him having you know any serious objection to that yeah if he if he did we probably wouldn't have done it yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because because the purpose of speed of doing the thing in the first place was, you know, to do something nice for Steve Ditko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it unfortunately didn't last very long. It was like ten issues, I think. Is something like something that? Like yeah. that. I, I don't remember exactly because I, I think I wrote, I think I scripted. I didn't write them. I scripted them, uh, like eight issues, mm-hmm. and, and by that time I was just getting ridiculously busy. I was working on the Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom graphic novel, mm-hmm. and I was writing about four, three books a month for DC, yeah. and it was one of these things where, you know, and I never heard from the editor. You know, I, I started out working with Howard Mackey, and, and then he got busy and, and took on some new books, and it went to someone else. I don't even remember who the editor was at the time, but I'd send stuff in, and I'd never hear anything. Hmm. And, and, and so finally, you know, I... I you know, I finished up an, an issue, and, and I said, you know, I sent a little note, because I leave messages and never get anything back. So I, I sent a little note saying, you know, you know, you know thank, I'm, I'm getting really busy now. I'm not going to be able to continue to do, to do the book. But I, I know that Joe Duffy had, had done some issues, well, some stories. A lot of the, the, uh, the speedball issues had a couple of stories in them, and she had done a couple. Yeah. And they were saying, you know, I like... She can already do this, you know, so mm-hmm. you don't really need me, so <clears throat> best of luck and everything. Yeah. And and that was the only time I ever spoke to the editor. He called mm. me and says, oh, we're really sorry you're leaving because we really liked it. And I said, well, that's nice to know. <laughs> at, at the end of it, yeah. <laughs> at the end of it, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's because that was the end of a monthly Ditko Marvel book in the late 80s is what that was. And uh, for a while, I think I, yeah. I guess I was sort of in and out. I think you, I think I you filled it, right. filled in on maybe a daredevil here and there or something like that. But there, and yeah. but uh, that must be, that was heartbreaking for Ditko fans. It, it ended like that. But well, he ended up doing a couple of series for the uh, Star Star Comics. Oh, okay. Oh, um, Chuck Norris, yeah. Chuck Norris, and, and didn't he do a couple issues of, of uh, Indiana Jones? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he'd done some of that too. Okay, we, cool. you know, you know, because Steve was one of our founding fathers. We no doubt. We were trying to find work for him, and yeah. and 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 you know, we basically, you know, I think I told him one time. Listen, Steve, you if you ever want, if, if you ever are without work and want work, yeah. Call yeah. me. Yeah, that's... and 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 within a, within a couple of hours, you will have it. You will have an assignment. That's um, awesome. And that's awesome. Uh, you know, well, you know, there there were certain guys that you had to make sure that you know they they you know they they were busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, I just got one more question. We're going to open it up to uh, people that wrote on our message board. But one thing I've always wondered as a fan is, do you think he was proud of Spider-Man? 
Because I, I wondered if he walked out of his apartment, and you can't go anywhere without seeing Spider-Man somewhere. And I wondered if he saw like a, a, a poster or a movie poster or something on television, and if it made him happy or sad, is what I've always wondered. What 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 do you guys think? Well, I hope it made him happy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he, added, he added something to you know, the popular culture. Exactly. Spider-Man is always going to be there. And, and Doctor Strange now, is you know, mm-hmm. this, everything he did for Marvel has become a movie. Uh, everyone knows these characters now. Yeah. They've known Spider-Man for a long time. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would hope he'd, he'd be happy. I, you know, I, I can't see them, I can't see him being sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... You know, I, I, I don't know if he had any, you know, negative feelings, you know, towards the characters or, or, or even all that much towards Marvel or, or Stan or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, you know Steve, you know, uh, it, it, it always seemed to me, and it's always hard to talk to Steve, talk about what, what Steve might have thought or right. might have believed or that sort of thing. But um, you know, he was one of these guys that believed that you know, if if you make a deal, whatever that deal is, if you if you made that deal, then 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 that's the deal that you live by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you made your bed, you so, got to lay in it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you know. One thing, um, I, on f- a group has started on Facebook called Steve Ditko Letters, and it's he's written to so many people over the years, and they've been sharing the letters that Steve wrote to them. And uh, a continuing theme throughout them all is he doesn't look back. I kind of talked about this earlier. He's always talking about the next job. He's always talking about the next assignment. So Spider-Man was in the past. That's very he, wise. Yeah. Spider-Man was in the past, and, and he is looking for the next mm-hmm. Spider-Man, is what I, I've always gathered from him. So, And, you know, that makes perfect sense. I think yeah. w- when you're, you know, in a creative field, you have to be constantly looking forward. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. you, you don't, you know... Uh, yeah, otherwise, you're just an oldies act. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 when the comic books used to come in, you know, I I I take the comic book, I'd flip through it just to make sure that the balloons fit, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then and then I you know you know uh, you know put it on the side. To, to, it actually took me a couple of years to realize I should save my copies. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Speaking of, do you guys have any Ditko art? Did you save some Speedball or anything that he worked on with you? I have a splash page from an Avengers annual mm. that, uh, that that co drew and John Byrne did the finishes on. Oh, the Hulk it's one! Just, yeah, it's, a, it's a big no. It's a, yeah, it's a, one of the Hulk pants. Yeah, it, it's it's, it's the, the opening splash of Captain America confronting the Fixer, mm-hmm. and it looks great. Oh, nice! It's just wonderful. Tom, do you have any yeah, dead card? I, I've I've got a couple of pages of Machine Man artwork. Nice, cool. That's, that's really cool. So, you know, 
Well, let, let's open it up to our questions that uh, people have posted on our front page and our message board. We'll go through these kind of fast, and some of the questions I'm going to skip because we've kind of already talked about it already in the conversation. But the first one uh, from Big Al. Uh, Mr. Stern and Mr. DeFalco, do you feel that Mr. Ditko based aspects of Spider-Man or Doctor Strange upon himself? And if so, what aspects in particular? Gee, I really don't know. Steve was always such a private guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably drew on some stuff from when he was a kid for, 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 for Peter, you know, uh, and he lived in, in New York a long time, so I, I, mm-hmm. I assume he drew on some of that for Doctor Strange, but Aside from that, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and also for the you know for for Spider Man because New York City was a character. Yeah. Oh, very much. Spider Man yeah. books. So. Yeah. Um, and and you can see, you know, those uh, those rooftops. Yeah, those rooftops are there. Yeah, <laughs> they are still there. P- people have uh, uh, taken Ditko, uh, what was it high school yearbook pictures, and they put it next mm-hmm. to his Peter Parker, and the glasses mm-hmm. are the same. They look very similar in the face. So I imagine that's what people were wondering if that they... doesn't necessarily prove anything. When that's I was true. in high school, I looked like Peter Parker <laughs> Wait. and wore glasses like that. <laughs> I had the same bad haircut. You know, the, the same, yeah. And it was one of these things where by the time I was in college, I thought, well, maybe when I get out of college, I'll look like Peter Parker as drawn by John Romita. Yeah. That didn't happen. Didn't and happen. the girls look like Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, next question is DC Marvel Fan Guy's question. Uh, he, he wants to ask about your favorite villain. We already hit that up, but uh, the mm-hmm. design, what was the most memorable f- to you? Is it still Doc Ock and, and uh, Vulture for both of you, or is, is there a design that was better for a villain? Those, those, are, those are great designs. Uh, mm-hmm. All they were all and Craven the Hunter is a great design. Mm-hmm. You know, Mysterio is a great design. You know, yeah, or Mamu. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so, I can't think of a, a Steve Ditko character that was a bad design. Yeah, the, the Creeper was a great design. Yeah. Oh, the Creeper's a great design. I love the Creeper. You know, of all the yeah. villains, the only one that didn't really stick in Spider-Man was the Looter. Yeah, well, he, he was just a, a sort of a toss-off towards the end. Yeah, yeah. That, I yeah. just didn't think that one stuck very well. But uh, J.C. Oville says, To Roger Stern, Ditko was known for having strong views of what a hero is and is not. Did you ever have any discussions with him on this when you were working on Speedball? And can you tell us about it? Uh, not really. I mean, I mean, Tom had that great discussion. He, he, with him he, did, he didn't heroism. quiz you like he did Tom? <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I guess I guess maybe he liked my face because I look like Peter Parker. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, that's funny. Uh, Masked guy from Fresno, California. Aside from the Master Planner saga, because we all know it's great, what would you say is yeah. the best Spider-Man sequence Steve Ditko has ever drawn besides that one? Oh boy, you go first. Tom. I have to think about this. Yeah, it's one of the vulture stories mm-hmm. where Spider-Man uh, is trapped in a um, in a water tower. In a water tower, yes, and, Ooh, and he has good. to keep jumping down and, and and springing up and jumping down, springing up until he until he can escape the water tower. Yeah, I, I yeah. Get what that was. Um, I think it was number two. 
Amazing too. Yeah, I think that was the, the second issue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember but, but that. I, you know, I, I, I that, that's one that has always stuck in my mind. Same here. That's a yeah. good one. That's a good one. We're we're quizzing Roger now. <laughs> okay. Well, that that was great. But getting back to Duel with Daredevil. Yeah. Because the whole thing, you know, the, the Ringmaster has has Spider-Man entranced, and Daredevil is basically trying to stay alive while he fights Spider-Man. Yeah. And, and until he comes up with a way to, you know, break the hypnotic trance that, uh, and then Spider-Man just goes absolutely bug house crazy fighting an entire circuit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, under the big top, here we go, boys and girls. And he's like, he's like lassoing the human cannonball and turning him around going, wait, there's no... There's no net that way. And Spider-Man goes, yeah, how about that? And here we go. And it's like, we were flying them, boaters are going in every direction. And Spider-Man is fighting an entire circus. And meanwhile, Daredevil's off to one side going, oh, good thing I can't see this. It might be it's scary. And he switches back to Murdoch and rejoins his friends. And it was like... That's funny. Uh, Lockdown from Illinois says, Hello, you two amazing writers. My question is, how much did Ditko's work influence uh, your story writing when you guys were creating characters in your books over the years? Boy, you know, trying to top those, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was like, the, the best I did was like, come up with Hobgoblin because Green Goblin was dead at the time. And going, well, that was an interesting idea. Let's just put a twist on it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I it's, you it's, actually I, came up with villains with, with Ditko, though, Tom. You, you know, like, the Kublai Khan character and, uh, a couple of the others in, uh, well, didn't well, you come up with, with, uh, Madame Macabre or whatever her name was? Yeah, in, uh, Madame Sunset Macabre. Macabre. Yeah, and Jack-O-Lantern. Oh, yeah. And Jack-O-Lantern, Yeah. Yeah, Jack O' Lantern's still popular. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. A, I mean, I used him in Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, because you'd come up with him in uh, in the last issue of of Machine Man. I'm going a new Ditko villain. I can use in Spider-Man. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> the fans, thank yeah. you guys <laughs> on that one. That's awesome. We got one more Ditko yeah. villain. Yeah, uh, T gone. Yeah. Oh, were, were you gonna say something, Tom? Sorry. No, it's uh, you, you know when you're trying to come up with villains, you 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 just you know slamming your head against the wall trying to come up with something that nobody has has seen before, or yeah. or, or or at least there's enough of a twist on it that yeah. it looks yeah. like you've you've never seen it before. You, you know, yeah. the, this made me think of creating new characters. I've always wondered what Ditko's Mary Jane would look like. Actually, I, I have an idea what she looks like. You know, you know, everyone loves the way that John Romita draws women, and he yes. draws great women. Yeah. There, there's you know, no mistake in that. But, and but Dicko could draw interesting women too. I mean, he actually did a few romance comics. Yeah, and he he, he would he, his his women were interesting. Well, his and, his Gwen Stacy is attractive. I mean, that's that's a memorable. Yeah, yeah. But, and and Betty Brandt in both yes. of their styles. Yes, I love Betty. You know, yeah. but. There, there was there was a Ditko story, and I, I don't know if it was an old Marvel Atlas story or if it was a Charlton story, mm-hmm. but there was a shot of, of a guy looking at this girl, and she was 
smiling broadly and sort of fluffing up her hair. Hmm. And I looked at them going, because the guy was like a Ditko guy in half profile. And I said, well, this could almost be Peter Parker. Hmm. And, I, and I looked at it and says, color her hair red. That's Ooh. Mary Jane. Ooh. I wish you could find that panel. I would love to see what that is. If the listeners know what panel you're talking about, that'd be great. To... I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. I, okay, I, I, that'd I, be great. I saw it online one time. I'll, I'll, see if, I'll, I'll try to send it to you. That'd be awesome. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. Tegon 5679. Uh, Roger and Tom, how much did the original Green Goblin mystery influence your writing of the Hobgoblin and thoughts on how the mystery would have been different had Ditko stayed on? That's that's a really good question. I, I know, you know but there, I've seen rumors. You know, people said, "Well, he left because he wanted you know, the you know, the Green Goblin to be this guy or that guy." Right. And I said, "Well, he'd sort of set up Norman Osborn. To, you know, it was, it was pretty. Looking back, it's pretty obvious. But Norman first appears here, and mm-hmm. he's up there, and and then in, in the Professor Strom story, that you know, he's obviously a bad guy, and all of this going on, but." It was like it was a great mystery that went on. I mean, like as I said earlier, when I first came into Spider-Man, I came in at the end of the mystery, yeah, and then sort of backfilled it. And looking back, I'm going, "That was a great mystery." So <laughs> when I came up with the Hobgoblin, I was determined to do to stretch it out at least as long as they had, and an issue besides, mm-hmm. you know, and it wound up getting stretched out longer. Yeah, because everyone everyone disagreed with what I did. So that was okay. What, what do you? I, I told I told Tom who, who the, the Hobgoblin was going to be when I found that he was taking over because he asked me, and I said, "Okay, here's who it is." And he says, "Really?" And I says, "Doesn't matter because you're running it now. You can make it to whoever you want." <laughs> who was your original pitch? Was it? Uh, uh, it, it was Roderick Kingsley. Roderick Kingsley. Okay. I, I, I didn't realize that though until I scripted the first Hobgoblin story. Okay. Yeah, because if I just said, "Okay, it's going to be a shadowy guy," and I'll figure out who it's going to be, yeah. and as I was scripting it, I figured out, "Oh, that's who he is." Right. That's funny. That's that that the mystery came to you also, like to readers. That's that's awesome. Yeah, like, oh, that's who he is. Oh. <laughs> Tom, how about you with with writing the Hobgoblin? Any any uh, changes or anything? If Ditko had changed who the Green Goblin was, well, um, I. You know, uh, I've always believed that Ditko um, kind of wrote Stan into a corner mm-hmm. with Norman Osborn being being the uh, Hobgoblin. Mm-hmm. Um, the Green Goblin. Green Goblin, yeah. yeah. Uh, excuse being the Green Goblin. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, at, at, you know, I, I seem to remember at one point, you know, um, I, I'd been... I, I'd seen John Romita, and, and um, you know, he, he expressed to me that Stan felt that they that you know he he was put into a corner, and and had, it had to be Norman Osborn because he couldn't figure out anybody else it, it, it could be at that at that stage, um, and and all the clues pointed to Norman Osborn, so yeah. Stan just went along with it at the end. Um, so I th- I think. You know, it, it it always was going to be Osborne. And I don't think um, as a reader, it was a great payoff. I don't think it would yeah. be a good payoff if it was just a random dude, if no, a reader. And, yeah. And also, it would have been a repeat of something they had done earlier. Oh, like it was um, the, the, what the Crime Master, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, because the crime, you know, and I, I can't see Ditko repeating himself. Yeah, you no, know, he did. He didn't look back. So yeah, he he always moved forward. So yep. he he wasn't going to you know, yeah. you know, do the same bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. T you know. T also says thank you both for your contributions to Spider Man. I hope to one day see a Tom DeFalco Ron Friends omnibus to go alongside the great Roger Stern omnibus. <laughs> I'll I second that. that. Yeah, I I don't think that's that's going to happen. Oh yes, yes it will. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, Tom, Tom, listen. Well, yesterday I got a. Trump copy of a paperback that'll be out in a couple of months that reprints Power Pachyderms. <laughs> if, Marvel re- if Marvel will reprint Power Pachyderms, they'll reprint your stuff in a fancy format. <laughs> I think that was like, you know, it's like, oh, they'll never re- they reprinted it? Really? Seriously? Yes. Oh my God. That's funny. Well, um, I remember Power Pachyderms, by the way, Roger. <laughs> I, I think I have a copy of it. I don't know. You're the one who bought it. <laughs> I am. I don't. You know. I don't remember the story, but I think I bought it. Uh, Alice. Alice there says hello, Mr. Stern and Mr. DeFalco. What do you think is Ditko's most underrated or underappreciated contribution to the amazing world of Peter Parker? His most underrated. The most underrated and underappreciated contribution. Wow. I don't know. Okay. That's, that's a good May. question. Aunt May, you said, Tom? Aunt May. Oh, yeah. So many people looked at Aunt May as a drag, as, you know, a problem, uh, you know, a hassle, that sort of thing. Yeah. And and yet, uh, you know, she was the, you know, in, in so many regards, the, the heart and soul of the series. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was... There was a, I agree with that completely because there was a, a period in Spider-Man. Uh, this was leading up to Amazing Spider-Man 200. Uh, I think Marv Wolfman was was writing it, and, and mm-hmm. Keith Pollard was doing it. And, and there was a, a, a sequence over a couple of issues where it looked like Aunt May had had died or been killed or something. Right. Something had happened. There was there was a famous cover of, of Peter in, in front of her grave. Yep. And the whole thing. Uh, and uh, and it turned out to all have been a plot by Mysterio. Okay, fine. But it was like, and, and there, were, there were some people going, "Oh, Aunt May's finally dead." I'm going, "Aunt May's finally dead." This, this this is this is the woman who, for all intents and purposes, was Peter's mother. Yeah, he didn't remember his parents because he was like, you know, a pre-toddler. He was a babe, yeah. and, and she and Ben brought him up. They were his parents. They were the only yeah. parents he knew. This is his mother for for good. And he would do anything for her, you know, and and she would do anything for him. Yeah. And you think, oh, we're finally getting rid of Aunt May. No, no, Aunt May is important. To right. Peter. He's very important. You know? S- since we're talking... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that, that was the thing. Go, I mean, there'd be whole issues where, you know, she was at death's door and she needed the medicine and Peter would bring stuff in. But she'd always fight back, and she gave him a great lecture one time about, you know, you got to have gumption, you got to keep going. 
Yeah. And, and that, that turns him around at a really low point. Right. That's, I, I would agree with that answer. Um, to, since we're talking about Aunt May, and I got two of my favorite Spider-Man writers on, my question is, should Aunt May know uh, his identity? That's the first one. We'll tackle that one first. Should she know? No. How come? I don't think so. I, I, it, it would... I mean, and there have been periods where she has known and right. it's been reversed. And, and the next movie, reversed. the next movie allegedly will have her knowing. Yeah, so. That's, so the last one yeah. sort of ended with her. And but, what, the amazing thing with the, with the movies, Aunt May keeps getting younger and younger. Yeah, well, that's my next <laughs> question. Should Aunt May be getting younger and younger? You already beat me to it. <laughs> or is she better <laughs> as, an, as an old woman? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the, the thing was, she, she was... In the, in the early story, she was portrayed as almost ancient. Yes, like you know? and 90 looking back and I says, well, she was probably in her 60s. And that's the way they drew people in their 60s then. <laughs> you know, people in yeah. the 60s, you know, since I've turned 60, it doesn't seem that old at all. Yeah. And, I mean, I did a story for, I think it was Amazing Spider-Man Family, mm-hmm. where this was just leading up to the story uh, in Amazing where she married Jonah's father. And uh-huh. it was basically Peter coming back to the old homestead and talking over old times with May and, you know, sort of you know, coming to a, a, a meeting of the minds on things and mm-hmm. looking back at her life with Ben and with Nathan and now with Jay and all these other things going on. Right. And it was like, you know, over the years, I said, you know, like, She's in her 60s. She's not 126. <laughs> you know, it's like, maybe you, get, you know, tone down the crow's feet just a little bit. You know, <laughs> and you know, and uh, so I had Peter say, you know, says, well, you, you look great. After all, 60s is, is, is the new 40. There you go. He says, oh, go on with it, you know. That's true. As a writer... Yeah, do- people in their 60s... Yeah. People in their 60s now don't look the way that people in their 60s did. It's true. Back in 1962. Thank you, we thank you, modern, modern medicine too. Thank you. <laughs> and taking better care of themselves. That yeah. too. So, as a writer, uh, having Aunt May know does that take a, a tool out of your toolbox for drama? I, I think it does. Uh, yeah. It can. You know, you know it. You know. Uh, it, the guys writing Spider-Man now. Yeah. They get to call yeah. the shots. Right. I, yeah. I, you know, when I was doing it, I was you know, happy that she didn't know because there was always a strain on Peter. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to prevent her from knowing mm-hmm. and, and to yeah. try to keep, this was his way of trying to keep her safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I just like that, you know, little extra drama that he, you mm-hmm. know, you know, yeah. he had to be home in time to, to you know, get so get the get the medicine. Would, would, yeah, yeah, she wouldn't mm-hmm. suspect anything. Yeah, and now, uh, it, you know, if she does know, then every time she sees Spider-Man fighting some some lunatic on television, um, well, I guess it, 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 you know, uh, Peter could be worried about you know what what kind of effect is this going to have on my aunt? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I guess it 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 could work. You know, uh, be an additional tool for the toolbox. It all yeah. depends on how the 
the car riders want to handle it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Adam S. from San Diego, California, says, uh, Mr. Stern and Mr. DeFalco, if you had to describe Steve Ditko in one word, what would that word be? Principled. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a very good word. Principled and, you know, I always thought that Steve is very sociable. Right? Sociable. You know, yeah. Yeah, because he'd come into, the, like I said, I'd have a coffee pot in the office, and he'd come in, pour himself a coffee, and just sit down and be one of the guys. Mm. Yeah. You know? He, when he, he was very true to himself. Yeah. There was yeah. nothing phony about Steve Ditko. No. He, he sounds he, like he was he, a straight shooter. He, you knew where he stood with him. Yeah. 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 If you asked him to do something, you know, if he didn't want to do it, he, he, he would, he'd tell you, and he'd explain why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question is from Captain Thwip Thwip. <laughs> the, uh, the question for both of you is, what is your favorite or most influential Ditko moment during his run on Spider-Man? Is it still Master Planner for Roger? Or do you have a... Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I think so. Tom, what, I read that and going, wow. Just, just wow. Tom, what was yours again? <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I, I went with Master Planner too. Okay, um, got it. Yeah, got it. Uh, let's see. The uh, Peter Parker fan is the next person. They say the daughter of the true Spider-Man will live on, and the Juggernaut cannot be stopped. So I want to know which issue, <laughs> story, arc of the iconic Steve Ditko run they liked the most. So that that was Master Planner again, I guess, for both of your answers yeah. on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ron Kassman says, how well did you know him? Did you have a personal relationship as well as a business relationship? Yeah, I, I knew Steve very casually. Mm-hmm. I, I met him, like, maybe four or five times. You know, and, and never for any long period of time. I think the longest was I came into the city and, and there, there was a, a, story, a sort of a general overview story conference mm-hmm. in Tom's office. Uh, Tom, I think you were there, and, and, and Steve was there, and Howard Mackey, and myself, and maybe a couple of other people I don't remember now, and just sort of talking over sort of broad strokes about where Speedball was going to go. Hmm. Yeah. Um, How about you, yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I'd say, you know, it was a casual business relationship. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he often stopped by... By my office, you know, you know, when I was an an editor, um, and like I said, stopped by for coffee and chat, and you know, always very friendly and that sort of thing. But yeah. it, it's not like we ever socialized or yeah. or anything else like that. So I, I take you know a, a casual business right. relationship. Do you do you guys remember the last time you guys saw him or talked to him, or what decade that was, or what? Any stories about that the last time? Been, that would have been late late eighties, I guess. Yeah. At, at that story conference, I think was the last time I saw him. Yeah. How about you, Tom? Oh, yeah. Thirty years ago. Yeah. Yeah, wow. that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I honestly don't remember. Okay. Uh, yeah. The next one is from Eric Newsom. Uh, he says, "Please ask Roger Stern how he and Bob Layton at CPL." were able to publish the previously unpublished Blue Beetle and Captain Adam stories by Ditko and their Charlton Bullseye 
Zine, whether Ditko had an input or his interactions with them on the project and whether they heard anything from him after. Uh, this is really involved, but uh, Bob was putting out a fanzine called CPL. Mm-hmm. It stood for Contemporary Pictorial Literature, which is why we call it CPL. Because that's <laughs> that's a big old name, yeah. They have a big old name. And, it, hey, you know, it was the 70s. So, <laughs> and we had done, uh, you know, John Byrne did a lot of art for it, and, and he'd done a, a, a series of full-page pinups of Charlton characters. You know, because no one did that at that time, and so it was something a little different. There was a Blue Beetle, and there was a Captain Adam, and, and a couple of other things. And we came up with the idea of, of doing like a double size issue uh, about Charlton. And one thing led to another. I, Duffy Volan was doing some footwork, and, and he knew someone at Charlton and, and talked to them, and they said, we want to put out this, this big double size issue all about just about the Charlton characters. And I think they were touched that someone was interested. And uh, Bob got in touch with them through Duffy, and they said, well, we, we have this Blue Beetle story that was never published. Would you like to publish it? And they're going, hot, hot, hot. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, and, and they did like, you know, full-size photo stats for us to, you know, to print from. You know, it would be black and white. You know, and I think Bob added some Zipatone to the thing so it wouldn't be put too much like a coloring book. And we did this you know, double-size issue of CPL, the Charlton Portfolio, and you know, everyone loved it, and the people at Charlton really loved it because it was getting real attention, and E-Man was just coming out at that time. And Marvel had their in-house fanzine, Foom, and I think DC had started... Uh, the Amazing World of DC Comics, and Charlton said, well, we'd really like something like that, but we don't have anyone in in uh, office on staff to do it, and we don't have the time to do it. Would you be interested in doing it? And I'm going, mm-hmm. and we were going, well, maybe, I don't know. And they said, oh, and so Bob, had, we'd gone to uh, New York for one of Phil Sewing's July 4th cons, and Bob stayed over a couple of days and went up to Derby, Connecticut, where Charlton was at the time. And they said, well, we have all these old inventory stories we were going to write off. Uh, you could use them. And there was like a Jeff Jones sword and sorcery story and a couple of other things and the pencils to a complete Captain Adam story. Hmm. And we were going like... Uh, and when the word got out, there were all these people in the business who, you know, this guy wants to ink it, this guy wants to script it, and, and so we're like, trying to make contact. And, and so we started up Charlton Bullseye to do this. Of course, all, all these pros who were hot to do this because they'd never got to work with Dicko before, they were suddenly busy, and I can get to it in six months. No, we need to come out with the magazine now. Mm-hmm. And so I went over to Bob's one day, and he said, I talked to, to to John Byrne on the phone, and he he said he can he, he said he'll he'll not only ink it he'll letter it as well. And I said hmm. that's great, but who's going to write it? And Bob says you are. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, who's going to write it? <laughs> and, and he says no, you can you can do this, you can do this. And I'm going, I I I'd done a little like I think five or six page uh, Rod two thousand story for the fantasy, 
Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going, this is Steve Ditko. And he says, look at the artwork. And so it was like there was a natural break halfway through the story. So we decided to do it in, in two chapters, mm-hmm. one in the first issue, one in the second issue. And so I insisted on doing the first one under a pseudonym. Oh, wow. So I to, to John G. Michaels. Because uh, I don't know where I came up with the name. I just, you know, you know if people hate it, I don't want them hating me forever for ruining the stupid ghost story. Yeah. So they did it, and, and it looked pretty good when it was lettered in ink. Nice. And so, so the second one, I put my name on it, and uh, there we go. <laughs> and that's how it happened. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Andrew Shuck is his name. He. Uh, his third question we haven't talked about. How did you feel about Ditko's moral outlook and his approach to working for higher jobs? Tom? Um, his, you know, uh, I'm not sure what his moral outlook was other than, you know, you stood by your word, um, which I, I think that's a pretty good moral outlook. And, um, in, in terms of work for higher jobs, um, you know, since he did so many work for higher jobs, I, I I'm, I'm not sure I understand the question. Yeah. What? I don't. I don't think. I don't think Steve Ditko ever screwed anybody mm. in a bad way. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think he, I, he. If if he said he was going to do something, he did it. And if he didn't want to do something, he let you know ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. So very like like Roger said earlier, very straightforward guy. So yeah. Um, like like I say, I'm 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 not sure what the question means I, in terms I, of. I think he's probably referring to like the Ann Rand stuff and the A is A and stuff like that. But I I could be wrong. But well, it, I found a lot of it interesting. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I know a little bit about you know objectivism and everything, mm-hmm. and it's an interesting point of view. I don't agree with it necessarily, yeah. or, or all of it, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting point of view, and no one else really did anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Scott Rowland has a bunch of them, so we're going to rapid fire these these and these. This will be the last ones. Uh, let's see. We talked about that one. Did you guys follow his Kickstarter projects that he did with Scott Snyder? His late There's some of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm aware of them. I, I've gotten some of them. Some of the Ditko packages. I tried to, really neat. I tried to buy the one where he did an essay why I left Spider Man, but it was sold out. So I never could read that one. Oh, uh, but they need you an omnibus of all of those things. I I agree. Uh, did Ditko voice any opinions about Spider-Man artists or writers that followed? I'm especially interested in whether he talked about John Romita or Ron Friends. Not that I'm aware of. Do you know anything? Yeah, not, yeah no, no, I'm, I'm unaware of him did he, ever discussing. Did he voice any opinions about the various inkers or finishers he was paired with in the latter days, the writer or scripters? He didn't like that Roger Stern guy here. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Why that lousy? He ruined the story. <laughs> did, did, did he ever talk bad about people? I guess is what he's asking. Is what? He, oh, nothing, I don't. Nothing I'm aware of. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I don't ever recall him saying anything negative about from, anybody, certainly not behind their back. Exactly. Well, so from what you guys have talked about, he would he would tell you to your face, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, he, if he disagreed with you, he'd yeah. let you know. Exactly. Yeah, and not in a nasty way. He'd just say, yeah. no, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Uh, any insight as to why he was okay returning to the Creeper, although one stated, one stated reason for not doing more Spider-Man was his desire not to compete with his older work. I guess he did go back once to the Creeper. I'm, I'm not familiar yeah, there with that. Was, I think it was in like the World's Finest or something, and there was going to be a showcase issue that that was collected in... Uh, DC did like a, a, a Creeper showcase hardcover, because I bought it because it was Zico, and it looked great. Yeah. Uh, you, you might want to see if you can contact uh, Jack Harris, because he was the mm-hmm. editor for, mm. for the, the Ditko stories there. So he might have some insight into that. Uh, I know that Bitco was writing as well as drawing those stories, so that may have been why. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We talked about that one. Um, I think we've hit all these in our in our discussion. Uh, I, to wrap it up, any any final thoughts that you guys would just want to share uh, in remembering Mr. Ditko? Well, just that he was a total original. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, he 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 had his own vision, his own way of drawing, um, you know, his own philosophy. You know, we will never see his like again. It's true. How about you, Roger? No. I I I agree with Tom wholeheartedly on that. It's like, you know, I can, I'm sad that I'll never see him again, mm-hmm. and I'm sad that I'll never see any new stories. Yeah, because as far as I know, he was still doing new stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, couple things I wanted to ask you guys. Um, first, a, a Ditko-related thing. Uh, Tom, they, the, the people that visit my website make fun of me because I email you at one in the morning, <laughs> and one of the times was when I asked you if this was an actual picture of Steve Ditko. He, uh, I saw on a message board, and it it was. They said this is Ditko at a wedding drinking a beer, so I I, I took the picture and I s- attached it on an email. I said, "Tom, is this Steve Ditko?" And you said, "No." <laughs> Do you remember that? They still make fun of me over that. Um, no, I, uh... <laughs> you get a lot of emails, but <laughs> yeah. the, the only pictures I've ever seen of Steve yeah. were, were the, the two taken in his studio. Yes. Yeah. The one where he's he's working on something and there's got the, the sink sign is on the wall. Yeah, and, and, and there's another one, probably from the same day at a slightly different angle. Yeah, those are the only photos I've ever seen of Steve. I, I've seen a couple that like paparazzi have taken that him leaving his apartment stuff like that. But uh, any well, that's rude. Exactly. I, I, I've, yeah. I have seen the picture of him you know, in high school from his like yearbook. Yeah, you see, know, and it's like yeah. you look at it, it's like yeah, I guess he grew up to be this guy, but. It, it, people just find that odd in this day and age. People don't like f- pictures of themselves, but and and he was such the opposite of Stan Lee. Stan Lee loves a picture of a, uh, to take a picture with fans, and sounds like Ditko just yeah. did not. Maybe that's maybe that's the chocolate and peanut Stan, butter. Stan was always Stan was always one of those you know hell hell fellow well met uh, guys who like yeah. was always happy to shake your hand and and, and you yeah. know. Take your take a picture with you. Yeah, but, you know, exactly. and Steve was just a very private guy. You know, he was 
or let his work speak for him. And it was that combo that 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 uh, like chocolate and peanut butter, like I was saying, that was the perfect mix that created the character we we love today. Uh, real, yeah. real quick, Roger and Tom, let's talk about work that you guys have coming up. Any projects you're working on, Roger? You want to go first? That we should look for. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a a three issue story arc uh, with with Ron Friends uh, for a, a little company out of San uh, like California called Sit Comics. Yeah, uh, you can you can go to their website and see some of their stuff. We're working on, on a hero team for them. Oh, that's awesome! And and I and I also have a, a story coming up for Ahoy Comics, which is a, a new uh, company will be launching in I think September. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a, a short story for, for uh, their horror anthology, which is entitled Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror. Oh, nice. That sounds awesome. Snifter of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I, I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Tom, how about you? What can we look for? Well, um, you know, uh, to my surprise, I, I actually am doing a, you know, a comic book story. Great. Um, it's going to be in. Um, it's a Red Sonia story. It, it, there's going to be a Red Sonia ha- Halloween special, and I'm doing a, a a a small story in that. Awesome. Um, so you know, I I keep thinking I'm I'm out of comics, <laughs> um, and they keep pulling it back. You're, you're Al Pacino well, in Godfather Three, right? <laughs> well, uh, no, you know. You know, I, my comic book days are, are long since over. But every once in a while, you know, just, just, just to see. Let me let me let me just just clarify something here. You can say it's a a Red Sonia Halloween special. Yes. Did they I, have I, Halloween in the high boy age? No. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> which, which, that's which funny. part of the challenge? <laughs> yeah, this, this is like this is like those Flintstones Christmas specials. Oh yeah. Like, Wait a minute. How does how does something that's taking place? BC, a Christmas special. You're, you're thinking too much, Roger. That's what. The- <laughs> well, I guess so. Who's, who's done Flintstone Christmas specials? <laughs> I, I can tell you the secret is <laughs> you don't have any Christmas trees or anything else like that. <laughs> you, 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 you oh, do it presents. That's so funny. That's so funny. Well, gentlemen. Um, oh, go ahead, Tom. Just go with it and ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you know. Sometimes when you hear the assignment, you just say that is so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have to do this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's funny, gentlemen. It has been a sheer pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time to talk about Mr. Ditko. It was very, very insightful and enjoyable, and and, and I hope he would have liked. Oh, I don't know if he would have liked this or not, but uh, well, I I don't know. But listen, Brad. Yeah. Uh, it was fun talking to you, and yeah. it was a real pleasure talking to Roger again. Yeah, I, I don't uh, remember. Always fun talking to Tom. Yeah, last time we had a chance, you know, to chat. You know, and and once again, I want to tell you how much I loved your Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thanks. I loved your Spider Man right back. So there. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, gentlemen. Thank you again. I'll send you guys an email when I've got the uh, edited and put it up on the site. 
So okay, thanks thank you very much. Oh, All right, th- thank very you, good. Thank you, fellas. All right, you bet. Have a good night. Bye bye. Bye.